1: Hi, I'm John McEnroe and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to The Tennis Podcast, the morning after the Australian Open men's singles final in which a new Grand Slam champion was crowned. And Catherine Whitaker, it wasn't exactly your average final.
2: Well I've certainly never seen a final like it Um, I don't know about you Um, it's very odd, usually a final involving injury is utterly anticlimactic and um, very much lacking something it wasn't, I mean obviously there were periods in it where that was the case but it it, you know it didn't lack for for drama and excitement um, and atmosphere um, certainly considering how how heavily affected it was by, by Rafa's obvious back injury
1: yeah, so there was certainly plenty going on that is without question, um, but um, it was a bit weird. I mean, I think I think first thing to say is for a fir- for the first set, I think Stanislas Vavrinka was winning fairly and squarely. I, I, I don't think most people didn't know when the injury started, um, uh, particularly when Benito Perez barbadilla the PR manager of. Uh, Rafael Nadal and a regular listener to the tennis podcast I might add uh, hello Benito um, he uh, he did tweet after Rafa had gone off the court for a, a medical time out you know his his displeasure at the crowd reaction who who did roundly boo rafa underdahl's return to the court and and benito wasn't happy with that and and he made clear that obviously there is a physical problem there but speaking to him afterwards i interviewed benito for for bbc radio 5 live and he he did confirm that there wasn't a specific injury going on to the court uh, of that type i mean he said he had he had niggles but he did something on the court and and that tallied with what Rafa said pretty much when he when he came into interview afterwards. So it was it was a very strange evening and what we mustn't do, I think, is take anything away from Stanislas Wawrinka, who got the job done.
2: Yeah, and what you say there about um, it was something he did on the court, I think that's crucial because because um, that means that that first set and a half, set and a third, was a level playing field. It wasn't that he came onto the court with that terrible back injury, he was hampered right from the start. That set and a half was representative. Um, you know, maybe he had a slight niggle, he didn't feel quite 100%, but we've seen Rafa win plenty, not feeling 100%. I mean, frankly, his knees haven't been 100% for five years. So that first set and a half, set and a third, was representative of those players. And on the basis of that, I mean, Vavrinka was breathtaking for me, utterly breathtaking. I, I mean, obviously, the first set was outstanding. I think that the first game of the second set, uh, when Vavrinka broke Nadal to love... I, I mean, it took my breath away. I was utterly gobsmacked, um, enthralled. It it was wonderful tennis. Um,
1: oh yeah, of course he, he he hit four straight winners, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, just, and, and just for, four of
2: different varieties. It was just, it was a masterclass. It was just, I, and and he he did look a bit like I just I can't believe this. This is this is just tennis that's too good to be true you know even if it had been federer in federer's pomp doing doing playing like that um and breaking Rafa's service to love it you'd still have had a wry smile on your on your face i think it was it was unbelievable i'll tell you
1: what i'm glad we're doing the tennis podcast at the moment because i'd forgotten all about that I, i i did the commentary on that second set and and described those four shots and remember feeling utterly gobsmacked at what I was witnessing seeing somebody just take on the Dow and and just completely flourish before your eyes and unfortunately because then all the kerfuffle happened with the injury time out just a, a game or two later and then there was the booing, and then there was the the slight mental collapse from Vavrinka, and then then he regathered himself with Nadal playing a little better, and, and it appeared the painkillers painkillers kill, pain had kicked in. But I'd I had forgotten just how wonderful Vavrinka played in that period.
2: Yeah, it it was a sight to behold, and for me that that actually. I'm revealing my geekish levels and how little I've had to do on this Sunday but I actually watched the final again um, uh, later on today and uh, I think it's very important that, that that is something that's remembered in spite of everything that that transpired in that second set and and beyond because that, I mean that's what Vavrinka deserves to be remembered from that match because he was he was killing him. He was beating him fair and square. Um, and no, we don't know what would have gone on to happen. But we've got no reason to think that that wouldn't have continued because because Rafa didn't have an answer to it. He did not. He looked like he didn't really have any ideas about how to to combat that. You know, Rafa has his way of playing, and it beats pretty much everybody. But if somebody's hitting winners. In the way that Vavrinka was, he just looked he just looked helpless in the face of that. So, absolutely no reason to think that that wouldn't have continued. So, you're right, nothing away from Vavrinka, and let's not forget that he, you know, he'd already beaten the world number two Novak Djokovic on on what most people consider to be his home court, um, and he'd obviously beaten Thomas Burditch pretty uh, conclusively in the next round as well.
1: And also, Pat Cash, who was commentating with us for Five Live, one thing he mentioned throughout was that, you know, 26 sets in a row, Nadal had won against Vavrinka going in. But on paper, Vavrinka matched up very well against Nadal. You know, he had the sort of power, the easy power required to cause Nadal problems, and he proved that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. He had he had the he has the power and the timing to and the strength to to hold his ground on the baseline, which is what you need to do about Rafa and not get pushed. What you need to do against Rafa and not get pushed back and allow him to open up the angles and with that enormous top topspin. Um, absolutely, his game did match up well, and maybe Magnus Norman was the key to to unlocking that potential to defeat Raffer. I certainly think Magnus Norman is putting all the uh, the super coaches rather in their place.
1: Well, that he certainly had done and and it was it was interesting to talk to Magnus Norman straight after the match and he was at pains to not take too much credit and and at pains to to remind everybody that Vavrinka was a complete player before they started and had done all the hard work. He just said maybe I was able to just you know, add add that little bit, that little bit, and and frankly, that little bit is all that was required because he's a he's a beautiful tennis player to watch. However, Catherine, we must ask the question: you know what was going on with the crowd there? You know, when Rafa goes off the court, uh, he goes and has an extended medical timeout. Vavrinka uh, has a lengthy argument with Carlos Ramos, in which he is questioning, apparently, uh, or asking why has he gone off the court, wanting to know all about it. Rafa comes back on. I think the crowd can see the animated discussion between Vavrinka and Ramos, and they boo Rafael Nadal. What were you, what was your reaction when you saw that?
2: Well, obviously, I, me as a viewer at home, I was significantly better informed than the crowd were, because um, I don't think they did actually play a replay on the screen of, uh, of of Rafa sort of pulling up after that shot in the way he did. Um, and I think it's important to add, as much as it wasn't a pleasant sight or sound to to see Rafa being booed, you could feel the contrition from the crowd very quickly afterwards. As soon as Rafa stepped out there and started serving it, 120 miles per hour, uh, kilometres per hour, even. Um, you, you could you could practically feel the the contrition of everybody in that stadium that a boot was palpable for me. Um, and if, if there was a way to take it back, I feel that 99% of them would have done. So I think it was, you know, sort of lack of information, perhaps a bit of a hangover from what happened with Azarenka and Sloane Stevens last year, which was obviously hugely controversial use of the medical timeout. And there, there wasn't any visible that they didn't see. Right, Rafa's got this big back injury, which he needs to go off court for. You know, Rafa doesn't show; he he doesn't give anything away. He didn't. He wasn't remonstrating the way an Andy Murray would be um, when they're really suffering with an injury. So uh, it wasn't pleasant. But I, I have to cut them a bit of slack because they retracted they retracted the booze so quickly, I felt, and because it was an element of frustration at, at not knowing what was going on for me. Well,
1: the reaction on Twitter from our listeners at Tennis Podcast has been uh, varied and, and interesting. Uh, I, I initially asked, you know, what, what do people... What did people think of the final? Uh, what did people think of the uh, the, the booing and um, was that out of order? Was he a deserving champion um, and uh, down the ba- down the line backhand slap says the final was crap <laughs> that 's nice isn 't it um, But he says absolutely Wawrinka was a deserving champion, and no, the crowd were not not right to do what they did. Mark uh, at Quig on Smith says, I felt bad for Rafa, but Stan was the best and most consistent player over the two weeks and deserved the title. Rian said she feels for Rafa, doesn't take any, anything away from Stan. It's tough to put away injured opponents, let alone in a first final. Bell Bumbles says, the crowd reaction was unfortunate and it was an unfortunate reaction of how we feel some players have exploited the rules Rafa, though, earned ultimate respect by carrying on. I think that uh, that I would certainly agree with that. Uh, At DSGA070, the crowd were premature. I've played with a back injury and it was torture. You can't turn for your shots and you can't walk. Sharon Gaskin, I thought... Sharon Gaskin says, I thought both Stan and the crowd were completely out of order. Shameful. Uh, and we also have, who else we have? Tom Moore, it was an incredible final. So pleased to see a new player and a one-handed backhand with a winner slam, Alay Stan. Well, that seems to be representative of quite a few people. Charlene says it was awful. Rafa didn't deserve that injury. Worse than seeing him lose is to see him not able to fight. It was painful to watch, and Jeremy Dodd says it was a very mixed reaction from me Great that Stan won, but I have lots of sympathy for Rafael Nadal. Well, I think, uh, I think that speaks for the vast majority. It was uh, just a, one of those things. Uh, Ewan says the booing of Rafa today after his treatment marred what should have been a great sporting occasion. Ellie Lambert, though, says I think vavrinka could have won, even with Rafa, at full strength. And his performance against Djokovic showed that. So that's the men's final. That's what you thought of it. And uh, the women's final was the day before and an equally heartwarming winner, wasn't it, Catherine? And not only was her tennis uh, inspiring, her, her, her acceptance speech was just a revelation. Absolutely sensational.
2: Yeah, uh, undeniably. I'm not sure about a revelation because I think I think people have known that she's, you know, a real wit of of women's tennis for quite some time. But perhaps, you know, even for her, she took it to a slightly new level with thanking her coach for making her rich and uh, telling her husband that he was a nice guy, which uh, praise indeed for her spouse there. But uh, yeah, there's been more commentary about that acceptance speech than there has about her fantastic feat of, uh, of win- winning the title and um, as I said in the last podcast I think the Australian Open will be besides beside themselves about that result um, you know for very obvious understandable reasons you know China is a huge market for tennis and uh, the Far East and certainly the Australian Open is, um, is very much pitching itself as the grand slam of Asia Pacific so um, it's great news for them.
1: Yes, and I will forever remember the words, Thanks, Max, my agent, make me rich.
2: Yeah, it was brilliant, wasn't it? Loved it.
1: Absolutely loved that. That was superb. So the women's final uh, won by Lena, and congratulations to her. Great run as well from Dominika Sibulkova who uh, got to the final and, and put up a good fight for the first set, at least. Now, Catherine, when we were speaking a few days ago, we were dewy-eyed talking about Roger Federer and his brilliance and we were completely taken in by the romance of it all and lo and behold we predicted him to beat Rafael Nadal and my word have I taken some stick about that well we got it
2: wrong in truly spectacular fashion didn't we I can't believe I allowed myself to be uh but to be frank though, if I'd have gone for Rafa I probably would have gone for Rafa in five I, I, I wasn't thinking I feel so naive because we've seen it so many times before you know Federer playing brilliantly but he just yeah I mean he hasn't beaten Rafa in a major since 2007 why and he's only ever
1: done it on grass what, what, what I don't thinking?
2: know I don't I I was and I was aware ten, of all those was. stats as well and I just sort of thought oh but he's got a new racket so uh, he's got Edberg, no, no. so it's all going to be different and I
1: also he was playing out of this world in those two matches I, st- I mean I, I know this sounds like excuses and I don't make it I mean I shouldn't but I still think he could if he'd have played more like he did in those other two matches he would have stood a chance but that's the thing he doesn't does he? he doesn't I suppose the argument is that Nadal doesn't allow him to.
2: Well, yeah, but you—you know—that was probably the case uh, with Vavrinka's previous nine matches against Rafa. But you've just—you've just got to figure it out, find a way to play the way you want to play. If you're letting Rafa dominate, then you're just playing into his hands, and he's going to be better at it than you. So, no one's saying it's easy, Rog. But you've—you know—your time's running out to figure it out. Frankly.
1: There you go, Rog, you've been told back up in Whittaker. This is what this is what he's been
2: waiting for. Now it's all going to change now that he's got the kick up the bum from me.
1: Hey, Catherine, do you know how bad this is getting? We are actually getting people now on Twitter writing to me saying, please keep making predictions and getting them wrong because all I'm doing is betting on the one that you don't say is going to win and therefore making a fortune.
2: Hilarious. Are we allowed, is it too tenuous to point to our pre-Australian Open podcast where I think we said some wishy-washy words like... I can see this being a good draw for Varenka and I could see him, could see him doing well there. Something quite vague like that, which, when did we say which that? you could. I well, I certainly saying remember saying that. Let's go back through the <laughs> I, uh, the back catalogue. I, I remember
1: saying Roger, Roger Federer would take our breath away, and oh, did. when
2: when did he do that?
1: Oh come on, he beat Andy Murray. He beat Joe Alfred Songer. It oh, yeah. <gasps> took my breath away.
2: No, but no, the only time my breath was taken away was rinker in that well, um, a few times in that first set but certainly uh, that, that game re-broke to love
1: you're, re-w- you're rewriting history I am a Catherine bit, yeah, Winkler. I'm trying Three not to ago, I just don't want on.
2: to focus on Federer because it doesn't reflect well on me or you for that matter
1: <laughs> No, it doesn't, we're rubbish sorry Tennis Podcast listeners, but it's only a bit of fun isn't it? Anyway, Catherine, it's been a good Australian Open hasn't it? We've enjoyed it We sure it. have And we'll be back for more Tennis Chat, I'm very sure, very soon here on the Tennis Podcast. Thanks for downloading the, the show. Thanks for listening to us, and we'll speak to you soon.